Good morning. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus. And a welcome to each one. Good to see all of you. And I also appreciated the exhortations and encouragements that were given already. Just we can uh, get some mileage out of those things. Maybe before we uh, go further, we could just stand together and uh, commit our time to the Lord in prayer. (coughs) Our Father God, we are grateful this moment as we stand in your presence and again look into your face, asking, Father, that you would be with us, you would bless this assembly, you would pour out your Spirit upon us, each one of us, Lord, you would uh, continue to give us visions and perspectives of your kingdom, of your purpose, of your design for us in our lives, in our time our short race on this earth. And Father, again this morning, we just uh, pray that by your Spirit and by your Word, you would inspire our hearts and our thoughts. And Just again, grant your servant freedom of thought and uh, understanding, Lord, to be able to speak your words and not my own. So, Father, again, bless each one that is here and those who are not here this morning for the various reasons. Ask a blessing on each one in their various uh, opportunities they have at this moment. And also, the Ivuna team in Tanzania be with them as they continue to carry the burden and the vision of the work there. And the, the numerous opportunities they have to demonstrate the love of Christ to a heathen culture and people. Father, would you bless them? Would you meet their needs? Would you give strength for each day? And would you give wisdom for each circumstance that uh, comes their way? So, Father, again, we just do commit our time to you here today. Be with us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I invite your attention to the book of Acts, chapter 14, to begin this morning. Acts chapter 14, I'm going to start reading in verse 19 and read to verse 26. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. 
Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel in that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. I'm going to, I think I'm going to stop there. No, let's, let's finish it up. I see more in the context that I want. And when, and after they had passed through Pisidia, they came to Pamphylia, and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went on down into Adaliah, and then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they had fulfilled. <clears throat> the, um, the context there is Paul on a missionary journey, and uh, if you noticed in the short reading there, they... Um, we didn't start at the beginning of the journey. We jumped in, in at the middle. And they were uh, visiting various churches. Or uh, not various churches. They were visiting various areas and preaching the gospel. And where believers, uh, where people believed, uh, a church was established. Uh, and, uh, of course, the one place they got, Paul got stoned and they thought he was dead. And he somehow shook himself out of the heap of rock and got up and went again, and uh, went to the next city and the next city. But then we see they turned around at that point, they went a few more and started backtracking and visiting the places where they had already been on their way, uh, on their journey, and uh, started going back through toward Antioch where they had originated and started from. And as they went, it tells us here that they... Uh, uh, preached the gospel, and they confirmed the souls of the disciples and exhorted them to continue in the faith. And, verse 23, and when they had ordained them elders in every church, they commended them, or or in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. I read that uh, text and that, uh, yeah, that uh, scripture to to bring our attention to the fact that uh, they ordained elders in every church. Uh, again, in our last brothers' meeting, we discussed uh, just a little bit. Again, the uh, the thought of uh, of a plurality of elders, uh, where there is more than one elder in a congregation, and the need for that. And we see it actually here. I'm I don't think it's reading more into the context when it says elders in every. Elders plural in every church singular, you know. Uh, there's um, probably other scriptures that could give us that same idea, but we get the idea that uh, uh, elders generally were plural, generally more than one uh, in a given church, in a given congregation. <clears throat> and so that's what we're looking at and thinking about as, as uh, one of the things we're looking at and thinking about here as a congregation the need for more than one elder and uh, to have plural uh, elders in the
the congregation and something that we will work toward and are working toward. So this morning, I'm going to, uh, I've titled the message, Elders in Every Church, and I'm simply going to uh, go down uh, through a bit and give some of the uh, uh, qualifications that Paul gives in uh, what qualifies a man to be an elder. And uh, we'll just look at that subject a bit as we are thinking in that direction. <clears throat> if we, uh, if you're familiar with uh, Paul's exhortation to Titus, you can turn to Titus. In Titus chapter 1, um, in verse 5, Paul is writing to Titus and he says this to him. He says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, or we would maybe say the things that are lacking, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. So, Titus had a specific uh, uh, instruction from Paul here that uh, he was uh, he was visiting uh, different churches and he was to set in order the things that are wanting and lacking and the one particular item that apparently was lacking was that the churches were lacking in leadership, uh, which is understandable. Let's go again back to the book of Acts. You know, the gospel is preached in a city and a number believe, and these are all new believers. Do you just immediately, out of those new believers, ordain elders, or or what do you do? Uh, Some places Paul stayed a while. And preached, you know, some, uh, in some situations a year, some maybe even more than a year, but uh, and in some situations he preached. Maybe he only preached a week, and they stoned him, and he left. And there were believers there, and I suppose those believers probably uh, worked with what they had, did what they could, and then we have Paul and his team coming back through again on their way back to Antioch, visiting the churches, maybe discovering. What took place after they left, and what? How did the? How did those new believers uh, uh, fare? How did they uh, draw together? How did they? You know what was happening, and they found a, a church that was uh, uh, well well established, perhaps, and they uh, uh, at that point saw it uh, deemed it necessary and deemed it profitable that it needs its own local leadership. Um, so. Anyhow, um, and so here we have uh, Titus given that same kind of instruction, going back, visiting churches, visiting areas where churches had been planted, and putting in place, uh, uh, addressing, looking at some of the things that were lacking, and one of those was the necessary leadership. So I guess we could assume that a church that has no leadership or insufficient uh, uh, elders, ordained uh, elders, is a church that is wanting or lacking. And Paul, of course, he gives Titus then in this same context here in chapter 1, he gives him uh, some basic instructions on what uh, qualifies a man to fill the responsibility of a leader, of, of, a, of an elder. <clears throat> gives some uh, practical advice on how to choose an elder in a church and how to uh, 
discern whether a man is qualified for the uh, position and the responsibility that an elder uh, carries. You know, and uh, calling a man to a responsibility uh, doesn't necessarily just mysteriously equip him for that responsibility. Uh, now, we do recognize that Paul uh, told Timothy there in, uh, well, I guess it was First Timothy, or maybe Second Timothy, but Paul told Timothy uh, to stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. So, obviously, God did bless Timothy with a gift uh, by the laying on of Paul's hands. But in general, the Scripture doesn't necessarily... Uh, yeah, the Scripture doesn't teach us that uh, you call the man or you ordain him and then God gifts him, per se, for the responsibility. It calls us to examine the, uh, the character and the person of a man before he's given the responsibility, if he has, and we'll talk about these things, but if he has not been faithful in life in general, uh, he's not going to be faithful in a position, in a, in a responsibility of leadership. And so, uh, and uh, just the laying on of hands and giving him a charge isn't going to change a man totally inside out. Just like standing at a marriage altar and, and saying vows to a woman doesn't necessarily change a man, does it? Even though some think it will. Uh, Sooner or later, he discovers he's still that same man. And, uh, <clears throat> but we do thank God for His grace that in our lives, as we, like Marlon shared, we face God with our needs, we face God with our deficiencies, we face God with our failures, and we can change. You know, we can become a uh, more godly man, a more godly woman. We can become uh, gain victory where we haven't had victory. We can. Uh, be changed in in areas of weakness that uh, uh, yeah we don't we aren't always just stuck in the same rut and even though our personalities do tend to follow us don't they <clears throat> but uh, anyhow so set in order the things that are wanting was uh, Paul's exhortation to, to uh, Titus and uh, we'd like to uh, just talk about the qualifications that uh, Paul gives as he uh, as he uh, gives direction to calling men to leadership, <clears throat> and of course that first uh, the first uh, thing that we like to consider is that a, a a qualified man is one who is faithful in his present responsibilities. When we think about an elder elders in every church, and we think about finding uh, qualified people to fill those responsibilities. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind and comes up in the Word of God is simply that a man, a qualified man is one who is faithful in his present responsibilities. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10 through verse 12, Jesus teaches us this. He says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? <clears throat> Those are the words of Christ regarding faithfulness in responsibility. 
Uh, in Second Timothy, Paul exhorts Timothy with these words. He says, "In the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also." And simply highlighting on the the phrase there, "to faithful men." And we have in First Timothy three four, where the uh, Qualifications are given there in Timothy. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Again, a a, uh, a, a scripture that speaks of faithfulness. In, uh, of course, that is the home setting. Um, but faithful. Faithful in uh, current responsibilities. And faithful is simply uh, constant in performing the duties and services. In other words, dependable. You know, uh, he, uh, yeah, just just uh, uh, putting the, the, the shoulder to the wheel, you know, just uh, being one who is diligent, one who is, uh, uh, you can count on him. He's, gonna, he's going to take care of the responsibilities that are his. Uh, the, um, the, I get the picture a bit in my mind of a, of a, uh, a man who is perhaps... Uh, a a foreman, perhaps even. You know, I think of uh, I think of a, uh, and I, I, I'm kind of hesitant to say it that way, but I think of a man who a man who is given the responsibility of a foreman is usually a man who is faithful in being a, a laborer, right? Uh, if a man has to constantly be told what to do next on the job. And he does that particular thing that you tell him, and then he st- stands back and waits for you to tell him what the next thing is he should do, and he does that, and then he stands back and waits for you to t- tell him what the next thing is to do. You can be assured that man will never be the foreman of the job. In fact, he might even lose his job. Uh, Marlon might fire him. But, uh, uh, but rather a faithful man, one who, who, uh, who, you know, he, he, he learns what is happening on the job, you know, whatever his work is. And he, as he uh, observes and learns his skill and his trade, he can be counted on to do the next thing without having to be told because he, he's, he's, he's getting the grasp on it and, he, and he'll do it. Uh, it's, uh, and that's the kind of thing we're talking about in a faithfulness in current responsibilities. Just... Uh, a person steps up to the responsibilities and does, uh, you know, tackles the task at hand, tackles the, the you know, uh, and, it, you know, and we're talking just simply about uh, uh, all sorts of responsibilities, whether it's just the simple responsibility of providing for a family, the simple day-to-day uh, work, or it's the, uh, uh, the smaller or do I say smaller? I don't know if that's a word, but the uh, responsibilities in that a person has been given so far in uh, a church body and so forth. If the person has been faithful in what he has been given so far and the uh, uh, and has carried it well, you can be assured that if he's given more, he'll carry it well. He'll be faithful with it uh, if you give him more responsibility. <clears throat> so, one who is uh, faithful in his present responsibilities. <clears throat> the second uh, qualification we like to consider as to uh, a man who is qu-
qualified, a qualified man is one who is faithful in leading his family. We have uh, in First Timothy, I guess I'm drawing more of these from Timothy than from Titus. But in First Timothy, we have, uh, again, this scripture in verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, where he says, One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. And, of course, then he has in, in parentheses there in verse 5, For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? <clears throat> so the... Uh, the qualification here is that of uh, a man who is who is uh, who is what's the word? He's he's faithful in in leading his family. He's he's uh, capable of leading his family. He's been doing, may I say, a good job of leading his family. Uh, it's one of the uh, qualifications that is set forth as a qualification in leading, again, leading the church. You know, um, if he's faithful in this responsibility, he'll be faithful in this responsibility. Um, You know, the family is actually a school for us men especially, and I suppose for ladies too, but mothers. Uh, But we learn a lot of responsibilities, uh, or a lot of leading responsibilities in the home, don't we? We learn a lot of leading responsibilities, or we should, if we uh, if we uh, step up to the plate and and lead as we're called to. We will learn a lot of leading responsibilities. Now we can we can be passive in that responsibility and just let it all go by, and not uh, and not face it, not approach it, not do it. We can do that, but that will show up eventually, and so. Uh, uh, the uh, again, the qualification is that we, uh, a man is faithful in leading his home. If he demonstrates good leadership in the home, he will demonstrate good leadership in the church. <clears throat> and the uh, the idea here, I believe, is it says here, if a man uh, having his children in subjection with all gravity, uh, the idea, I believe, is not one where a man rules in such a way that his children are just simply plain down scared to do anything different than he says. Because eventually that, that bursts the scene. You know, you can do that for so long, uh, and it can all look right, and it can all look good, but eventually that will break out of its shell, and uh, uh, the truth will come out if that's all that's happening. But the idea is rather where a man is shepherding his children, where a man is engaged in the lives of his children, and his children are following his leadership, are respecting his leadership, and are uh, are uh, being uh, are grateful, uh, grateful, uh, gratefully responding to their dad's leadership, and uh, and uh, joyfully embracing the. Uh, the guidance that he gives, <clears throat> I believe, is a picture over that of one just where it just kind of coerces things to this is the way it has to be type of thing, but rather a leadership that is uh, engaged and involved and loving and kind and firm and directive and and uh, purposeful. <clears throat> so, a man who is quali- a qualified man is one who is. And faithful in leading his family. 
Next point I'd like to consider is that of a qualified man is one who is faithful in his work. In 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 here I'm thinking more of the uh, uh, at least partially in that of his uh, job and those kind of responsibilities. You know, any uh, any job has pros and cons, and I'm sure there's days that any one of us in our work would wish we had a different job. But uh, you know, there's uh, there's always difficulties. There are always difficulties do arise in our work situations, and uh, and there's things that we at times have to do that we'd rather not do. But uh, a qualified uh, man is one who is faithful on that level. As he faces those kind of responsibilities, as he faces those even undesirable uh, uh, parts of his job and and uh, and uh, the difficult parts of it, uh, a, a qualified man is one who is faithful in those situations. He he hangs in there. He he stays with it. He uh, he doesn't just. Uh, uh, jump from job to job because uh, something didn't suit him on this particular job and then uh, goes finds something different and after a while something doesn't suit him there and so he goes and finds something different and after a while something, you know, that's not, uh, uh, that doesn't demonstrate uh, uh, good qualities. And I'm not, uh, we all know that there's times to change jobs and I, uh, I fully understand that. But if if we're always you know, we're always coming up against a problem here, and then we come up against a problem there, and then we go over there and come up against a problem there. It's indicating that uh, we're not facing something. <laughs> we're not facing something we should be facing. And uh, if, a, a man who is faithful in his, in his work, who faces the challenges, who uh, works through them, who uh, has some stick to who doesn't just quit when the going gets tough, uh, is... Again, it's part of the. It's, it shows the qualities of a man, and uh, ministry has many challenging times. And if one hasn't learned to endure hardness in life, if one hasn't learned to endure difficulties, uh, he'll be tempted to to back out when the going gets tough. Uh, that uh, that is uh, can be a very very strong temptation. And so, a developing a qualified leader is one who has endured difficult uh, situations and has uh, learned to uh, face them with, with a faith-filled uh, heart and attitude and a, and a faith-filled posture and a, yeah, a, uh, a, and has learned to uh, endure some difficulties in life. <clears throat> A qualified man, next point, a qualified man is one who is faithful in his finances. In 1 Timothy 3.3, 3, it says, uh, there's a number of things said here, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. And we have there, not given to filthy lucre and not covetous. We'd like to think about that for a bit. You know, leadership and... Uh, the responsibility of leadership is a life of giving. It's a life of serving. It's a life of investment of much time and energies that are not for personal gain or benefit. It's for the benefit and the well-being of others. If a person 
is uh, is one who largely thinks of himself and his focus is on himself and his focus is on his personal benefit, then, you know, like the scripture says, uh, uh, covetousness is simply, uh, you know, it can be in a number of areas, but it can just simply be that it focuses on me and what's in it for me. Uh, I want benefit. I want gain out of this. I want... Uh, I want promotion. I want, uh, uh, I want, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, if, and so if a man is not faithful in, uh, in the, in the matter, in this matter of, uh, of covetousness and, uh, the root of covetousness is a self, uh, focus. If a man is not, uh, is, is focused on himself, uh, it won't come out well. He is, uh, it's, like I said, leadership is, is not a promotion, but rather a surrender of one's self, one's time, one's plans to the Lord, a surrender to the Lord to serve His body, which is His church. And if a person is only thinks of himself, it it it, it won't work out well, um, because the focus is outward, and uh, a uh, <clears throat> a qualified man is one who is. Who has conquered covetousness, or is at least, uh, you know, I say conquered. Do we ever totally conquer something? But uh, who has, who has uh, reckoned with it, and has uh, determined to uh, uh, have an outward focus, and not just be focused on himself and his own benefits and gain. <coughs> <coughs> To lead with wisdom requires much prayer and study, and that generally not for yourself. You know, study often not for yourself, but for your people. Prayer often not for yourself, but for your people. And yes, for yourself too, uh, in preparation, but many times, in, in other words, that outward focus. Uh, and. Uh, Faithfulness in in uh, having that outward focus rather than being self-centered and focusing on myself and my my gain my benefit. <clears throat> Next point I like to consider just for a moment. We find in in First Timothy three two. It's uh, simply the last part of that verse. Uh, given to hospitality uh, is a it's a phrase that I'm looking at. A, uh, a qualified man is one who enjoys relating to people, uh, and I do I I say that maybe with just a bit of carefulness because I realize you know people are different and some excel in relating to people and others not as well and so I, I I'd hate to to have us just take that point and peg it up the top and say this has to be just like this. But it is a quality that, that is mentioned in the scriptures. And uh, given to hospitality, in other words, one that, again, it's the outward focus. It's, it's the, the focus on uh, the, uh, the care of souls, really. Uh, leadership does require relational skills. Hospitality is a relational skill. It's, it's uh, you know, hospitality is more than just... Uh, and, and you probably, you ladies know this better than I do probably. 
In fact, hospitality is not just a ladies' thing. It's, a, it's an our thing too, right, us men? You know, hospitality is actually not just having someone in the house to give them a meal. Hospitality is actually having someone in the house, in, in your home, to actually connect to them, to actually relate to them, to actually be a friend to them, uh, to actually give a listening ear to them, to actually be uh, uh, there for them, uh, provide something in their life that uh, we all, you know, we all long for those relational uh, interactions. <clears throat> So one of the uh, one of the highest demands on a leader is the relationships that the people desire with the le- their leader, and so relational skills are definitely a, something that the Scripture gives attention to. And then in First Timothy five verse twenty one, we have. Uh, We have the uh, the charge where Paul gives Timothy the charge, and he says, I, and "I'll just read the verse. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality." And so, in the midst of those relational uh, relationships, a person has to actually regard against respect the person. <laughs> you know where we. Uh, where we uh, and that is you know I think we all know that's something that uh, we have to guard against where we uh, begin to uh, respect this person over that person and give more regard to this person and what he says than than to that person and so on. So it, it, it's just one of the relational uh, issues that we have to guard against in uh, in our uh, relational skills. While they're necessary, there's actually a caution there in this, you know. Uh, respective persons. So a developing leader is one who enjoys relating to the people. Next point is a developing leader is a man who has a teachable spirit. Uh, Titus 1.9 He says this, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. As he is giving the qualifications here, and he's, he's uh, maybe it would do us good to get more context. Uh, but a, 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 for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. He says there, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught. And obviously we're looking at a man who has been taught already. But uh, I'd like to just simply say that of a teachable spirit. In other words, uh uh, one who you can approach, one who will listen if you have something to share, something uh, uh, that uh, is of concern to you or something that uh, you uh, uh, feel that uh, he should consider, one that will can be approached, one that will hear, one whose spirit welcomes input, uh, one who does not have an attitude that I have it figured out and I have it all together. I have the answers, but rather one who is uh, has an attitude of 
of listening and, and being able to uh, uh, hear input. <clears throat> Life is a school. We're always learning. Leadership is a school. We don't have it all figured out. And uh, no one will have it all figured out. Uh, probably, I, I often hear it said that when men, the older they get, they, they say the less they have it figured out. So, uh, I guess that's where we're going. So many, many, uh, many things are learned day by day, even in, uh, you know, in leadership. And though we, you know, we will pray and we will uh, consider who God is calling and we will look at qualifications as the scripture gives and we will, uh, by the grace of God, call forth uh, brothers to fill responsibilities. But, and we may feel like they fit it quite well, but be assured there will be many things they will learn as they uh, continue down the road. Uh, we we are we are all students. We are all learning. <clears throat> so, a, a developing or a uh, a qualified leader is one who has a spirit and heart to continue learning <clears throat> of the of uh, continue learning of the of the ways of Christ and of His uh, church and His purposes. <clears throat> all right, a developing. A, uh, I, I keep uh, using that word developing, and in a sense that's what it is, although I'm uh, wanting to give it more as a qualification. A qualifying leader is one who demonstrates temperance in Titus 1.8, and uh, we've looked at that, but he's a, he's a man who is temperate. He's, uh, you know, temperance is a, simply means moderation. Uh, when you look at it in the dictionary, it might refer to your eating habits. You know, it's not good to eat just one thing. You need some temperance. Uh, it's not good to eat a whole pile of just one thing. Uh, but a dictionary would say you need some temperance. You know, a uh, little less of that, or maybe a lot less of that, and a little more diversity in your diet type of thing. So temperance. Uh, temperance in uh, is, you know, it's maybe you. I don't know if, uh, if you'd put it in your own words, if you'd call it level-headedness or well-balanced. Uh, maybe you'd say not extreme in this way, side or that side, not eccentric. In other words, kind of stuck on just certain given ideas. Uh, not someone who just has some uh, pet doctrine that they are waiting for a chance to promote. That's, that's not temperance. It's, it's more the idea... Uh, temperance is the idea of a well, well-rounded, well-balanced. Uh, uh, in this case, in person, in his uh, concepts, mentalities, perspectives. Uh, uh, yeah, every uh, temperance, <clears throat> holding all beliefs in perspective. In other words, you you have. Uh, uh, yeah, there's many, many truths that that. The scripture teaches, and we, you know, from week to week and month to month and year to year, as we we come to church and we hear this one taught, and then we hear this one taught. We, you know, we're all the time in our hearts and minds. I trust as we read the scriptures, we're we're, you know, our minds kind of we read different truths, and our minds just kind of blend them together and work them together in our experience and in our life, and and uh, and that's the idea that we're looking for, as opposed to. Uh, uh, just taking one certain truth and going off into, you know, and just simply capitalizing on that and at the expense of many other truths. Uh, that would, uh, uh, that's not temperance. Temperance is to be able to 
to take all the given truths and, and just, you know, work them all together in all in their perspective and how they all fit and how they all belong. Uh, <clears throat> So a, a leader or a qualified leader uh, is one who is uh, demonstrates temperance. <clears throat> and one more uh, point to consider. A, uh, a qualified man is one who is faithful in his relationship with the Lord. Uh, Paul had quite a bit to say to Timothy. And uh, in 2 Timothy, just... Uh, a page back here in my Bible, Second uh, Timothy 2, verse 15. Paul exhorted Timothy to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, in, uh, in chapter 2, verse 1, he exhorts Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And, and I'm just going to stop there uh, in that particular uh, context there. And there was another scripture, and I did not write the reference down. But, um, but uh, Paul exhorted Timothy to take heed to himself and to the doctrine. I wonder if I can find that one. If somebody uh, finds it... Uh, Throughout the reference, but the, we get the idea there that uh, uh, take heed to thyself. Someone has said that uh, it's uh, the uh, the task of attending to our own spiritual life is a, of greater necessity and is of greater challenge than the task of being sound in doctrine. <laughs> take heed to thyself and to the doctrine is the way it's stated there. Uh, and uh, so the, the the call and the challenge to uh, uh, in a uh, a qualified leader, a man who is qualified, is one who is is uh, he attends to his relationship with God. He uh, gives attention to his walk with God. He gives attention to his uh, uh, prayer life and his quiet time and all those kind of things. He gives attention to it. He is uh, strong, as Timothy says, or yeah, uh, Paul says to Timothy, strong in the grace of of Christ Jesus. <clears throat> so a, a qualified leader is one who has learned how to walk with God. One who has learned how. Yes, t- Timothy uh, of First or Second Timothy, First Timothy. Chapter 4, verse, yes. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. <clears throat> so a, um, the, uh, the challenge of, uh, of having learned to walk with God, having learned to, uh, to walk through uh, difficulties in life and walk through them in faith, uh, Having learned to, uh, uh, yeah, to put one's roots down in God, in the grace of God, and uh, and maintain uh, that open relationship, <clears throat> even in the midst of uh, 
life's pressures and challenges and difficulties and, and whatever else comes our way. Uh, very important in uh, a, to, to, uh, a man who qualifies as a leader that he has learned to walk with God in his own personal life and, uh, and learn to be faithful in that walk. There are quite a few other uh, points in these uh, scriptures that we haven't gone to. Uh, I would encourage you to actually uh, give more consideration even yet. But there are, you know, again, there are, uh, the scripture doesn't leave us uh, in the dark, uh, but rather gives us very specific uh, instruction when it comes to calling brethren to places of responsibility. Gives us very specific instruction on what to give consideration to, uh, what to uh, give attention to regarding a man's life and and uh, examining, uh, yeah, the time to do the examination is, uh, and, th- and the consideration is before the uh, responsibility is assigned rather than after. And so I encourage you with that. Um, obviously, uh, these encouragements aren't in the scripture as a means of being critical of others. But they're there to help us discern and recognize that, you know, well, based on these scriptures, uh, well, just let's just take the, uh, the one scripture says, not a novice, okay? We talked about that in our brother's meeting a bit. And, uh, and it was mentioned that, uh, that uh, the brothers at Harmony in a previous ordination, uh, I think it was a previous one, or I don't think they were talking of a future one, but uh, they uh, qualified that scripture and qualified it at uh, the idea that a man under 30 probably would be considered a novice. And so we discussed that idea a bit and kind of came up to this, uh, basically the same thought that uh, uh, that scripture applies. You know, it has an application and uh, we should look at it. We shouldn't just ignore it. Um, and uh, so that's that's what we're talking about when we're talking about uh, uh, looking at these scriptures and looking at them from a standpoint of uh, of a uh, a positive standpoint, not uh, as a tool to criticize someone, but as a positive way of discerning. Now, who would God call? Who would God uh, uh, want to put in this place of responsibility? And we search the scriptures and get an understanding of what God uh, uh, spells out and, and gives direction to and endeavor by the grace of God uh, to take those things we learn from the scripture and move forward in faith and trust that God will show us the way and make it clear uh, who should be given that kind of uh, responsibility among us. <clears throat> so, I encourage us with those words and again just... Remind us of that, uh, that we are considering those things and encourage you to be praying about it and, uh, see how uh, the Lord will direct us as a congregation in this matter. Shall we pray? Bow our heads. Father, again, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege of having it before us. Thank you for the various 
practical instructions that are given. And today again, we are asking you, Father, to uh, give us direction in this subject as we think about plurality of leadership and eldership. We do ask, Lord, we desire that. We uh, are longing for that and are asking you to make the way clear as you see and understand and know all of our hearts. Do guide us in it. And uh, bless the brothers, sisters, families as they contemplate and pray about this subject. Give inspiration, give uh, direction in, in their hearts and minds that uh, when we uh, do come to a time of co- uh, choosing, of voting, that uh, you would clearly guide us and we would be able to, uh, as Paul exhorted Titus, that we would be able to set in order the things that are wanting. So, Lord, we do commit it to you. And again, thank you for your faithfulness thus far on our journey. We bless you in Christ's name. Amen.